Well, we woke up, and I woke up to Dad cooking breakfast at the camp. I said, why are we hunting this morning? He said, we're going to take a break. And uh, I said, we should hunt. So we got up, got dressed, went to town. When we came back, Dad said, let's go get in the stand. It was probably 8 o'clock, probably. When we pulled up, there was, what, three? Three dogs sitting at the end of the pipeline. Hmm. When we got in the stand, one of them followed us all the way to the bottom of the stand. So he hangs out the window with pieces of wood, throwing them at the dogs. <laughs> and when he turns around, when he turns around, there's a deer standing at the end of the food plot. And so he just turns around, grabs the gun, throws it out the window, and says, put it on him and kill him. And that's what I did. I shot him and killed him. <laughs> Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Wise-wise tech presents... Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, Alex Rutledge, calling from my home on my front southern porch with the rain dripping down. You might be able to hear it dripping through our rain troughs, and on in the studio, Redbone White Crates. Wayne's not going to be able to join us, but we've got a great story lined up for everybody, yeah, great stories, and we have some success stories. Yeah. I want to mention Redbone has laid down a big butt. Let's talk about that, Redbone. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say he was a big buck. He he was he was all right. I mean, you know, it's, it's like everybody puts on their Facebook post anymore. Well, he's not my biggest, but he's mine. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Well, we're going to talk about your story, and also I had two hunters come in from Hammond, Louisiana, father and son, Duck and Branson Sheridan. These guys have been friends of mine for several years through a mutual friend, Mr. Wayne Hagen. Mr. Wayne Hagen is one of the greatest turkey hunters that ever, ever I've ever hunted with. This guy was friends with Duck and his boy, and they've been talking about coming up there and hunting with me for years, and they've finally come up and done it, and I have a success story of them. They both shot two mature bucks. Uh, both of them was five and a half years old plus. And we'll talk about that and the success and the story behind creating their success. Yeah, don't you know they're having a fun ride? Numbers, Redbone. Yeah, the numbers were good. I was just going to say, you know, with with the guys that came up and hunted with you, don't you know they're having a fun ride home? (laughs) Branson said he was going to keep his antlers on his lap all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere they and a half hours. Everywhere they stop, they'll get them out. Yeah, where they stop, they'll get those antlers out and show everybody. Yes, they will. Uh, his buck was a nine-pointer, eight-point eight frame. Had a kicker off his G1 on his left main beam. The deer will grow. We just rough scored him, 140s, 143 to 145. About a 17-inch spread, 18-inch spread. But he had like six-and-a-half-inch bases, 22-inch hmm. main beams. Uh Wow. Just an absolute giant. 10, 11 inch times. Just a great buck. And we'll talk about that. They're going to join us in the second segment of the show. And the title of this show is Hunting the Peak Rut and techniques and what you need to do and what we did to close the deal and how we've done it on two mature bucks in an hour. You ready for this? In nine and a half hours total of two hunters. Wow. That's pretty nine good. And a half hours. That's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, now, Branson shot his buck in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then, you wait till you hear the story. It's going to blow your mind what transpired. I did not let Branson 
go recover his deer until 1130. He shot at 655, but his dad's there, and his dad had a tag, so we was out of one of my shooting houses over an eagle seed food plot, and we we wanted to see if he could get him a buck. We saw some small bucks, so uh, it didn't happen. So we come back uh, later that evening, and it happened within an hour of being in the shooting house. Wow. And, and we'll talk about that. Wise Eye helped us close the deal. And the food plots and neutral plot. That food plot literally was mowed to dirt by army worms. I went back in there with a spring tooth and broke it up just a little bit, barely broke it up, reseeded it with Eagle Seed Smorgasbord and sprayed it with neutral plot with my golf cart. I made my own sprayer <laughs> with my, my, my uh, nozzles. I took a piece of one-inch plexus tube, water line tubes, drilled little bitty holes in it, three angles each hole, I put it about a foot apart, and I sprayed my whole food plot like that, acre food plot, and it came back, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. Neutral plot's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff, and, and of course, we've done shows about that, and shows about that. But as you mentioned, the numbers, numbers were pretty good. I mean, uh, almost 90,000 deer uh, were checked the first weekend, Saturday and Sunday, last Saturday and Sunday. And, and the numbers, I haven't seen updated numbers, but that's a really good opening weekend. Yeah, we, I, I believe the numbers were 89,675. Yeah, just that was reported on Monday. Yeah, just, just shy of 90,000. So, I mean, there, there are yeah. states out there, Alex, that don't have that many deer harvested for the entire season, bow season, rifle season, and everything combined. And here we are in Missouri, and we talk about, I don't know if we got deer, blah, 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 blah. And we, we harvest 90,000 in two days. That's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are for Arkansas. I hope they're having a wonderful season. We have a lot of listeners in Arkansas. Right. It's like family. And uh, the Bucks are still chasing right now. They're trailing those. And uh, the activity has actually slowed down because this warm spot moved in here, Redbone. I'm talking to a lot of people who said they're not seeing a lot of activity. But then you'll talk to some and say, oh, I've seen a buck chasing a doe or trailing a doe. You know, so yeah. I want to share some secrets with everybody that works for me. Doesn't mean I know it all. That's working for me to help close the deal on mature bucks. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, we got to just a couple of minutes here. Uh, I want to mention something that, that I heard yesterday. And a friend of mine who lives very close to me uh, called me in, in the last night, and he had killed a, a gnarly old nine point. I mean, this deer is, uh, he's got a, uh, uh, double eye guards and i mean just all kinds of stuff going on big old heavy rack a dark chocolate brown rack and alex he said that that deer was one of nine bucks that were all running together and he said he watched them and he said they were out there fighting around amongst the nine of them like a bunch of chickens will go you know you know chickens you get three or four roosters and they get to sparring around he said these bucks were out there nine of them in one bunch and i'm thinking you know, that's very unusual this time of the year because usually the bucks have all split up and are out there looking for does, but these nine bucks were cruising together. Well, what what probably transpired is they have a hot doe right there, and all these bucks are competing for that hot doe that's in that mm-hmm. area. That's why they've all congregated there, and the other does haven't come into estrus yet. I've seen that happen many times. I remember one time we was in southern Iowa filming a show, and there were seven mature bucks that we filmed running this one doe. Wow. It was crazy. We filmed it maybe like 500 yards away, and we filmed it, and they would absolutely, during running, this one big buck, he he was the dominant buck, and the other one was a great big buck, too. 
they would literally turn on and they would gouge each other in the sides and they'd take off running again. <laughs> then all these bucks like a pack of wolves after that doe. It yeah. Was crazy. Yeah. Now that I, yeah, now that I think really of, he, he did tell me he put some, uh, some, uh, doe urine down. So, uh, it was it was I working. Could have done it too. Yeah, it was it, it was working. So. All right, well, that's, we need to go to break. Yeah. I know we got our guests coming up here in just a few minutes, and a lot of deer hunting stories to tell as we go through the uh, program today, folks. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. We're back in just a minute. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. A big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. Wanted to ammunition presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Segment two of the show. And as promised, we got our guest successful deer hunter's father and son hunting team from Hammond, Louisiana, on the phone with us right now. They pulled over on the side of the interstate. They're probably not very far from home, are you, right now, Duck? I am probably about 45 minutes from home. 45 minutes from home. Great. How's the ride been? Great. Nice, smooth. After we got out of Missouri, the roads kind of went back to normal. <laughs> I got a question for after you got out of Missouri the roads went back to normal. What do you mean? You saying our roads are bad? No, they're pretty hilly though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you a question, Branson. Are you carrying your deer horns in your lap right now as you're driving? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right so my question is uh any time that y'all stop to stretch your legs or get some deed or did you take your deer horns with you and show people no sir oh well you no, should he, have he didn't want to he didn't want to take them out because he didn't want to drop them <laughs> <laughs> well i can't say it's a blame him alex can't say it's a blame him yeah we can't play let's do this real quick I want you to tell us your about your American roots real quick, Duck. Duck, uh, Duck Sheridan, Donald Sheridan, Hammond, Louisiana. We've been friends for several years through Mr. Wayne Hagen. I was telling people in the first segment of the show about the great turkey hunter and Wayne had left us back in March of last year, and what a wonderful man, and that's how we met each other. Uh, tell people where you was born, Duck. I was born in Pontchartula, Louisiana. Pontchartula, Louisiana. Where was Branson born? Same place, Pontchartola, Louisiana. Okay, so your roots are deep and strong right there in Louisiana. Yes, sir. Okay, so so you was born and raised there. Now, did you play any high school sports or anything as a kid growing up? No, sir. No, I uh, I played football through the city leagues and everything, but once I got to high school, I didn't play any sports. You didn't play any sports. 
So what what no. did you do with most of your time? Now, Branson, do you play sports? No, sir. I mostly hunt. You mostly hunt. Now, you're 13 years old, Duck. You're 48? Yes, sir. 48 years old. Uh, Duck, tell us about your, your first year. How old was you when you shot your first buck? I was 10 years old when I killed my first buck. And who was you hunting with? I was standing right next to my daddy. All right, and... and, and Tell us about your daddy and your mommy real quick. Well, my dad, he was, well, we was all brought up as pepper farmers in Ponchatoula. And then uh, he worked for a timber company, and he was with timber companies until he passed away. He passed away. When did he pass away? He passed away in 96. 96. So you shot your first buck with your daddy, and that sticks to your mind, don't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember. Go ahead. Yes. I was going to say I can remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. You want to tell us that story real, real quick? Oh, we was we was running dogs as, as what we used to do in the old days. And uh, that was the, when he come out, my daddy said, there he is. And I, it was all I had to know, and I started shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so how many times have you heard that story, Branson, about your daddy's first deer, you think, in your life? 10, 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to turn it over to you, Redbone, with some of your questions. Well, yeah, just just, it's just, it's just keep this going. Uh, Branson, what about you? I mean, when, when did you kill your first deer? I killed mine when I was seven years old. Also, and how many have you killed since then? Have, has has it become a regular thing? Are you killing one every year? I mostly kill one every year. Uh, and have you ever killed one as big as the one that you killed in Missouri this past weekend? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, tell us a little bit about that hunt, Branson. I mean, tell us. I mean, what what transpired uh, the morning you killed your deer? Tell us about it. Oh, um, his first deer or this deer? No, this, well, the first deer. Let's go with the first deer. Yeah, go with the first deer. Well, we woke up, and I woke up to Dad cooking breakfast at the camp. And I said, why are we hunting this morning? He said, we're going to take a break. And I I said, we should hunt. So we got up, got dressed, went to town. When we came back, Dad said, let's go get in the stand. It was probably 8 o'clock, probably. When we pulled up, there was, what, three three dogs sitting at the end of the pipeline. Hmm. When we got in the stand, one of them followed us all the way to the bottom of the stand. So he hangs out the window with pieces of wood, throwing them at the dogs. <laughs> and when he turns around, when he turns around, there's a deer standing at the end of the food plot. And so he just turns around, grabs the gun, throws it out the window, and says, put it on him and kill him. And that's what I did. I shot him and killed him. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't even know it was a buck. His head was behind a limb, and I just shot and didn't know what it was. You just wanted to get a deer. So how 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 good a buck was he? Three point. Well, there you go. Yeah, and you remember that? You'll you'll never forget that hunt, will you? No, sir. No, I'll guarantee you. Yeah, the first hunt, and Alex, that's kind of the the same kind of story that we hear all the time. You know, and that's and it seems like the kids. When it comes time for them to get their first deer, it seems like it always happens pretty fast for them. I know with, with my son, Adam, when he decided he wanted to go hunting, 
<clears throat> we went during the youth season, and it wasn't 30 minutes after daylight. Buck walks right out of the field. He pulls the trigger and knocks it down with one shot, and it was over. And he's like, well, this is pretty easy, Dad. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it did, but we hear that a lot. Well, I, that was pretty cool. It's amazing about kids and how they get into hunting, and it's our parents that usually get us into hunting or, or a good friend. And uh, I thank you for sharing your stories, both of you, Duck and Branson. But I have a question here for you here before we go to a break. We've got to go to a break here in about a minute. Just a quick, quick, quick question, a quick answer. Then we'll go to break. When you come back, we're going to record some more. Uh, what's the difference? I'll tell you what we do. We'll just answer it when we come back, but I'm going to ask you a question if you're thinking about it. What's the difference in hunting in Missouri than, come, than hunting in Missouri than hunting Louisiana or Mississippi? Think about that. We're going to go to a break, everybody. We come back, you'll, you'll hear more of American Roots Outdoors with Duck and Branson Sheridan on their success in Missouri hunting with ARO. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hi, I'm Preston Pittman, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American roots. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors segment three of the show. Again, we have on the phone with us Duck and Branson Sheridan from Hammond, Louisiana. They recently just came and hunted with me here on my farms here in southern Missouri. And I got a few hunts. I won't guide very many, and I'm very picky who I let come and hunt with me. These are good personal friends of mine. And uh, we're going to talk about, right now, I'll ask them a question before we come. What's a break? What is the difference between hunting south and hunting up here in southern Missouri? And, and Duck, you answer. Also, Branson, you answer it with, with some comments. Well, I'm going to say the big difference is, is deer population. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at home, our deer population is swindling down, down, down. And uh, it's just amazing how many deer is in Missouri. And the sheer size of the deer in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and the management systems that y'all have up there. Yeah. You know, so so tell all of our listeners what you do down there. You, you, you're a member of a hunting club down there, so you all get together and you lease a piece of property and just share that with our listeners. How it is? Down yeah, we have. Well, I'm in a lease in Mississippi. We have, uh, I want to say, like 3,500 acres, and I think we have 25 members. Okay, and you know, uh, you know, everybody gets two stands and and things like that, and you know, it's just, it's just in and out of the woods, in and out of the woods, in and out of the woods all day long, you know? It's just, you don't, they don't get, they're pressured very hard. 
So you're saying they ride ATVs and they drive vehicles everywhere. And it, now, now do, do, does those hunters down there, uh, are they cautious about being sent free and going into their stands? I mean, we're not being negative toward them. We're just curious right, so the listeners right. can, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of them are. Is just you know, it's it's just down south. When when a deer hears a four wheeler crank, he he it just about turns him nocturnal. You know. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I just don't I don't know why, but it's all the leases I've ever been in. You know, when and we got deer around the house and stuff. When when you would you could start a four wheeler, and a deer could be three or four hundred yards away from you, and they're gone. You know, they, they know what that four-wheeler means. Hmm. Huh. All right, so let me ask you this. Well, well yeah, Alex, if, if, if I can, let me ask you, did, did you learn some things while hunting in Missouri and hunting with Alex uh, that you will take back to your your lease and your hunting club there and said, hey, guys, here's what we did when we were in Missouri, and this worked really well. We might want to try this. I mean, are there some things that you learned that you'll suggest to the other hunters down there? Yes, indeed, yes. You know, you know, like spraying the bottom of your feet. You know, I mean, we got guys that always spray themselves down, but I don't know if if we ever, you know, spray the very bottom of our feet. You know, and that's <laughs> that's what I've learned that makes the most ground contact. You know, is the bottom of your feet. Yeah. You know, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, Buck, what are some of the things I asked you to do, to do for preparation before you got here? Let's talk about that to our listeners sure. real quick. You asked us, you know, to wash our clothes and, and, scent, and scent killer and everything and put them in a box and close them up to where, you know, they're not inside in all the elements of your house and everything, you know? And don't wear them unless you're hunting. And, and don't wear them inside the, the house or anything, you know? Leave them outside. Let them hang in the air. Yep. And do you think that added so, to so your success? The way, I, the way I explained it to them, Redbone, and it really lit them up and made them realize. I said, imagine if your body is was wet with white paint. And even where you step and everything, your pant brushed against your mm-hmm. coat, whatever you touch, if you walk to your stand, you turn around and look back, and everywhere you walk and you touch, there was going to be a white spot. Mm-hmm. I said, that's what the deer will smell is what you would be leaving behind. So I was I taught them to be set free. And, and, Every perspective aspect of being set free. It's a process. It's time-consuming. But let me ask you this, and I'm not asking you to lie or anything. But did you? Did we ever get blowed by a deer by being smelled? No. And 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 it was even you know that if a deer would see us, you know, walking in or walking out, it never ran and blew or nothing. You know, it would look at you and just. You know, ease off. And trot off. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And we tell you what else we was doing, and I'm not getting paid a penny for this, but we use ozonics on every setup. Mm-hmm. Ozonics kills the bacteria in the air between you and that deer. The deer get a little edgy about it. Now, we've seen that, didn't we? We've seen the deer get yeah. edgy about it, but they calm down. So the whole system being set free when we hunting, uh, helped us close the deal, along with Eagle Seed Food Plots, Smorgasbord. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, you saw several deer. We don't know how many you saw, but saw several bucks, several does, uh, a lot of young bucks. What do you think the secret is for those deer coming uh, 
to the food plots? Or what do you think the, part of the secrets was helping you close the deal on these two bucks? Well, I, I don't know about the food plot, but what, what's in it exactly and everything, every seed that's in it. But I can tell you one thing. They they don't let it get a half inch taller than the dirt. You know, and they eating it down. So, Brandon, I mean, what did you think your first time when I pulled up to a spot we started glassing, looking at deer? We didn't see, we seen several deer. What did you, what did you think? Well, Missouri is the best place I've ever hunted. And when, and when you see those deer, was you thinking, man, I'm in a good spot? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the first thing I was thinking. Your turn, Redbone. All right, well, I just, you know, and I know in the in the final segment of the show here, we want to get to specifics and, and talk about their specific hunts, and we've only got about a minute left here in this segment. So I'll just ask, you know, kind of the magic question, will you come back to Missouri and hunt again, or would you like to come back to Missouri and hunt again? Yes, indeed. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now, are y'all bow hunters, too? Uh, I used to be. I've slacked off and hadn't bow hunted very much in the last three or four years, but, but I still have all my stuff. I'm not getting rid of it. Yeah, would that be something that you would entertain is coming to Missouri and trying to put one on the ground uh, with your bow? Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. Also, and and uh, are there other states that you want to go hunt? Uh, I've always wanted to go to to South Texas. Okay. And 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 hunt over there. Yeah, and try that out. Yeah, South I just, Texas. I just I've just always liked them dark dark chocolate horns. Oh, you know. Yeah. I can, on them South Texas deer. Yeah, I can agree with that. But they when, are beautiful. And Alex, we need to go to break. Folks, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. We've got our guest on the line here, and we're going we're gonna to get the kind of down and dirty about their hunts that they experienced last weekend in southern Missouri in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us on American Roots Outdoors Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors and his friends. For whatever kind of fishing you want to do, Denali Rods has got the rod for you. Based in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Denali Rods has got rods for all types of fishermen, from the Covert Series to the Attack Series. They are the rod preferred by Alex Rutledge at American Roots Outdoors. Find a dealer near you by logging on to their website, DenaliRods.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Alex Rutledge, and I love my Denali Rods. The ammunition presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Segment two of the show, and as promised, we got our guest, successful deer hunter's father and son hunting team from Hammond, Louisiana, on the phone with us right now. They pulled over on the side of the interstate. They're probably not very far from home, are you, right now, Duck? I am probably about forty-five minutes from home. 45 minutes from home. Brandon, how's the ride been? 
Great. Nice, smooth. After we got out of Missouri, the roads kind of went back to normal. <laughs> I got a question for After you got out of Missouri, the roads went back to normal. What do you mean? You said our roads are mad? No, they're pretty hilly, though. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you a question, Branson. Are you carrying your deer horns in your lap right now as you're driving? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so my question is uh, any time that y'all stop to stretch your legs or get some deed, or did you take your deer horns with you and show people? No, sir. Oh, well, you no, should have. He didn't want to. He didn't want to take them out because he didn't want to drop them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say it's a blame him, Alex. Can't say it's a blame him. Yeah, we can't blame him. Let's do this real quick. I want you to tell us your, about your American roots real quick. Uh, Duck, uh, Duck Sheridan, Donald Sheridan, Hammond, Louisiana. We've been friends for several years through Mr. Wayne Hagen. I was telling people in the first segment of the show about the great turkey hunter and Wayne had left us back in March of last year and what a wonderful man, and that's how we met each other. Uh, tell people where you was born, Doug. I was born in Pontchartula, Louisiana. Pontchartula, Louisiana. Where was Branson born? Same place, Pontchartula, Louisiana. Okay, so your roots are deep and strong right there in Louisiana. Yes, sir. Okay, so so you was born and raised there. Now, did you play any high school sports or anything as a kid growing up? No, sir. No, I uh, I played football through the city leagues and everything, but once I got to high school, I didn't play any sports. I didn't play any sports. So what what no, did you do with most of your time? Now, Branson, do you play sports? No, sir. I mostly hunt. You mostly hunt. Now, you're 13 years old, Duck. You're 48? Yes, sir. 48 years old. Uh, Duck, tell us about your, your first year. How old was you when you shot your first buck? I was 10 years old when I killed my first buck. And who was you hunting with? I was standing right next to my daddy. All right, and, and tell us about your daddy and your mommy real quick. Well, my dad, he was, well, we was all brought up as pepper farmers in Ponchatoula. And then uh, he worked for a timber company. And he was with timber companies until he passed away. He passed away. When did he pass away? He passed away in 96. 96. So you shot your first buck with your daddy, and that sticks to your mind, don't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Go ahead. Yes. I I was going to say, I can remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. You want to tell us that story real, real quick? Oh, we was... We was running dogs as as what we used to do in the old days, and uh, that was the uh, when he come out. My daddy said, "There he is," and I it was all I had to know, and I started shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many times have you heard that story, Branson, about your daddy's first deer? You think in your life? Ten, fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna turn it over to you, Red Bone, with some of your questions. Well, yeah, just just it's just 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 keep this going, uh, Branson. What about you? I mean, when when did you kill your first deer? I killed mine when I was seven years old. Also, and how many have you killed since then? Have has has it become a regular thing? Are you killing one every year? I mostly kill one every year. And right, have you ever killed one as big as the one that you killed in Missouri this past weekend? 
No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, tell us a little bit about that hunt, Branson. I mean, tell us. I mean, what what transpired uh, the morning you killed your deer? Tell us about it. Oh, um, his first deer or this deer? No, this. Well, the first deer. Let's go with the first deer. Yeah, go with the first deer. Well, we woke up, and I woke up to Dad cooking breakfast at the camp. And I said, why are we hunting this morning? He said, we're going to take a break. And I, I said, we should hunt. So we got up, got dressed, went to town. When we came back, Dad said, let's go get in the stand. It was probably 8 o'clock, probably. When we pulled up, there was, what, three, three dogs sitting at the end of the pipeline. Hmm. When we got in the stand... One of them followed us all the way to the bottom of the stand. So he hangs out the window with pieces of wood, throwing them at the dogs. <laughs> and when he turns around, when he turns around, there's a deer standing in the food plot. And so he just turns around, grabs the gun, throws it out the window, and says, put it on him and kill him. And that's what I did. I shot him and killed him. <laughs> all right, well, I didn't even know it was a buck. His head was behind a limb, and I just shot and didn't know what it was you just wanted to get a deer so how 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 good a buck was he three point well there you go yeah and you remember that you'll know you'll never forget that hunt will you no sir no i'll guarantee you yeah the first time and alex that's kind of the the same kind of story that we hear all the time you know and that's and it seems like the kids when it, when it comes time for them to get their first deer, it seems like it always happens pretty fast for them. I know with, with my son, Adam, when he decided he wanted to go hunting, <clears throat> we went during the youth season, and it wasn't 30 minutes after daylight. Buck walks right out of the field. He pulls the trigger and knocks it down with one shot, and it was over. And he's like, well, this is pretty easy, Dad. <laughs> <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> it did, but we hear that a lot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's amazing about kids and how they get into hunting, and it's our parents that usually get us into hunting or, or a good friend. And uh, I thank you for sharing your stories, both of you, Duck and Branson. But I have a question here for you here before we go to a break. We've got to go to a break here in about a minute. Just a quick, quick, quick question, a quick answer, then we'll go to a break. When you come back, we're going to record some more. Uh, what's the difference? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just answer it when we come back, but I'm going to ask you a question. You'll be thinking about it. What's the difference in hunting in Missouri than, come, than hunting Missouri than hunting Louisiana or Mississippi? Think about that. We're going to go to a break, everybody. We come back, you'll, you'll hear more of American Roots Outdoors with Duck and Branson Sheridan on their success in Missouri hunting with ARO. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hi, I'm Preston Pittman, and you're listening and to American Outdoors Presents. A bonus segment for American Roots Outdoors, and thank you for listening to our shows here on this podcast carrier, no matter where you're listening to. We're on every podcast carrier available. We're airing in 19 countries, everybody. Germany, Africa, a lot of different countries. And Duck Sheridan, Branson Sheridan, came and hunted with me in southern Missouri. I got a few hunts every year, and we only got about six hunters. We got close to 500 acres we hunt on. And we've got a very strict management program, and we just heard the story of Branson's buck that he shot. It's an eight-pointer with nine scoreable points, and he'll gross about 143 to 145, about 17 inches wide, 10, 11-inch ties, 22-inch main beams, six-and-a-half-inch bases, 
absolute stud buck. And Branson, what have you got to say about your, your, your hunt to all of our listeners all over the world, your experience here on the Rutledge Farm? It has been the best time and the best hunt of my life. Yeah. Very cool. I appreciate that. Did you enjoy the food and the accommodation, oh, the lodge and all that? The food, the company, the lodge, everything was just great. Couldn't ask for any better. Now, how do you like my family? You have to meet a lot of my family. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, they just they treated us like we were part of their family. Yeah. You got you got anyone in particular you want to say, give a shout out to that may listen to this? Tell them hello. Miss Linda. Miss Linda and Mallory. And Tommy. And Mallory. You, you like yes, Tommy? Sir. Yes, yes, sir. Sawyer and JD and Brody and Jaron, all of Jeff and Marie. Yeah. Let's talk about your hunt, Duck. Tell us about your hunt, your experience here. We've got about five minutes left. My, the experience I had was, was like I say, 100% excellent. You know, we got, we got in the stand, what was it, about 2.30? Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't take long. We had, you know, those come to the food plot and everything. And one doe went across the food plot. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting on the side that my deer come out on, so I I couldn't really see when he come out the woods, but you and Branson said there's a deer, and all I heard was it's a shooter. And when <laughs> I got my head up to the window to see, I knew, I knew, I knew right off the bat that if you gave me the green light, it was one that was coming home with us because he was he was well fine enough to meet what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so when you looked like out, said, you looked out, the, you looked out the window, and you saw that that big nine point standing there, one hundred and thirty five inch nine point, uh, five and a half year old deer. What, what instantly came to your mind? First thing come to my mind is don't miss. Don't miss. <laughs> 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 and yeah. the and the second man, he he come out. Go ahead, Red Bull. I was going to say, the second thing was, stop shaking. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> was, was re- relax and take your time. Uh, take a deep breath. But, but he come out, he come out and he put on a show for us. You know, he came out, he, he made a scrape and he hooked some limbs above his head and he squatted and, you know, peed down both legs and rubbed his legs together. He's rubbing together. his legs together, Red Bone. He's rubbing his legs together like he's dancing. Wow. Like he's peeing down his legs before he shoots him. It's pretty cool. And then the, the only thing I remember was Alex say, let him take a step and turn. And when he did, it was game over. <laughs> now, we asked Branson earlier if the deer he killed in Missouri was the biggest he's ever, ever killed. What about you? Is this the biggest deer you've killed? That's probably the third biggest deer I've killed. Oh wow! Okay. Yep, I've, I've killed. I've got one that's a thirteen point that I killed at home, but he only scores. He's like one forty three, but he only scores so much because he's got palmated horns, and you just get a lot of. Yeah. You know, he's you get like four inches between every point. You know. Yeah. Okay. And it it just makes him score like he's you know he's thirteen points on the main frame. He don't have no brow tines. Oh wow. Okay, so 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 this is this is a deer when when you envision coming to Missouri, <clears throat> excuse me, and and killing a, a nice buck is the buck that you killed what you had in your mind? Yes, yes. You know, I, I would 
I, I would shoot it again tomorrow if we had another tag. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was well satisfied with it, I promise. What do you think about the bodies on these bucks, uh, how healthy they were and how big their necks are? Talk about oh, that to our listeners. They're, they're humongous, you know. They, they almost look like horses laying there whenever you walk up to them. <laughs> They look like horses, Red I know you. I know you're out of breath when you drag them like fifty yards. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And and uh, I'm just glad that y'all had you know had success and had a good time uh, because that's what we want. You know, and Alex, you know, we, we just got a minute or so here. And that's what we want when people come from out of state, come to Missouri or Arkansas to hunt. We just you know we want them all to have success, have a good time, and, you know, and and get a deer that makes them happy. I mean, it, that's just good for our state. It's good for the future of hunting in our state. That's, I mean, this is just a perfect story. It sure is, Redbone. And, and you know, I love sharing hunting with people. You know, I've guided and taken kids for many years, and, mm-hmm. and when Buck called me and told me, he said, "I'd like to book a deer hunt to come hunt with and bring my son." He says, uh, I'm worried about my son. I want my son to kill a big deer. I don't need to kill one. Well, what Duck didn't know, his wife called me and said, hey, we don't want you to tell Duck, but I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay for Duck to hunt, too, while he's up there, and I want you to surprise him when he's here. Well, a week before, I guess, about a month before he came up here, he called me and goes, Alex, he says, uh, my sister wants me to build her a fence. She's asking me if I'm going to Missouri taking Branson up here. She goes, how much did that hunt cost you? Well, he told his sister. He goes, hey, what I'm going to do, Duck, I'm just going to pay you, pay for your <laughs> hunt and build a mini fence around my property. Oh, wow. So Duck paid for his hunt, building his sister a fence. <laughs> I had to call. I had to call his wife back to tell her that he's come up with the money to pay for him a hunt. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it kind of threw Duck, everything. Listen, this is funny. This is funny part. Duck, tell him what your wife said to you. Well, I, I come. I didn't tell my wife because I didn't want Branson to know that I was going to be able to hunt until we <laughs> yeah. got here. So I, I come in from work the next day, and you know, my wife looks at me and says, "Is there something you need to tell me?" <laughs> and I, I'm looking around like, "What are you talking about?" You know, I. I hadn't done nothing wrong with it. I cheated on you, honey. I hadn't cheated or got drunk in a while. What are you talking about? And and then she goes to tell me what's going on, and I was like, oh, boy, I really messed this one up. You never cheated. You just ain't got drunk in a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You know? So so he told her. (laughs) Go ahead. So, so she she said, "Well, since you since you're doing it that way, then I'm just taking my check back." <laughs> <laughs> and she headed for the mall. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, this wraps up the show. We got about 45 seconds left here. I want to thank you again for coming and hunting with us. We hope you come back with us again next year. I know you want to bring your daughter, and uh, you know you're always welcome up here. And uh, again, we just do 600 years. All I want to do. And our success rate is 100% red bone. That's really good. I take, they get a chance to shoot a mature buck. 
All right, well, folks, that's going to wrap it up. All right, Dale, thank you for joining us for the podcast. Don't forget to leave a review. And when you leave your review, make sure that you put in there your real name. So if you're the winner of one of our drawings, we know how to get a hold of you to make arrangements for you to get your prizes. Alex, uh, that'll wrap it up for today's podcast. Thank you all for being on the show. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong. There is no reason to fear the wind.